0: Central, a podcast dedicated to communication at work in the 21st century. I'm Stacey Epstein, CEO of Zinc. Today we welcome Harry Arnett, who is SVP of Marketing and Brand Management at Callaway Golf Odyssey. Harry also happens to be a fellow Emory University graduate and varsity soccer alum and was one of my dearest friends in college. So I'm excited to have you here, Harry. Welcome to our show. Tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your background.
1: Well, first of all, it's it's a little bit of, uh, of trickery on your part. I keep asking you, let's catch up. And then finally, you said we could, but it'd have to be on your podcast. So <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, we don't have enough time to go through my background. I'm, I have, for a person that's, uh, you know, we're young people, Stacy, but we're not millennials no, and we're, um, not. we're my background in resume would read very much like a millennial had I've had a million jobs starting as a sports talk radio and producer writer on air and then into book publishing um, went and got my MBA at some point when I didn't know what I wanted to do which meant I went back to book publishing after that that was around 2001 when the whole world changed on us um, and then since then, that's I've been in a variety of roles in the sporting goods and athletic apparel industry. The last 10 in the golf business, last five at Callaway, running all of the marketing for Callaway globally, as well as running our new OGO business, um, which has been a, a, great, a great opportunity for me. But a million different jobs, always kind of in that consumer products um, area, thinking about how consumers and um, engage with companies, engage with uh, with their products, and trying to hopefully make people's lives better through the products that I've represented.
0: That's great. I, I have to say, I always thought you were going to end up being a sportscaster of some sort. I can remember you commenting during long bus drives and making up sports stories, and you were always <laughs> kind of communicating <laughs> about sports. But you've been, I know you said you have had a million careers, but you've been at Callaway for a bit now. Yes. And, you know, looking back at all the things you've done and your dad is a famous art dealer and, and now you've got a pretty serious business job. What? How did you kind of settle into this role and, and specifically marketing?
1: Yeah, you mentioned it. My dad was is, is a pioneer and an innovator um, in the art world where he has championed the work of people of color that aren't in the mainstream. So um, self-taught artists of the Southeast, helping them to get appreciated in the canon of, of world art and American art um, right there with mainstream establishment artists. And um, I think the, the thing I really learned from that background that sort of teed me up, I suppose, or prepared me for something a little more traditional is my, my dad is, absolutely fearless and curious about the way things work curious about um culture curious about the way people interact and he's a constant learner even in as he you know pushes uh being in his late 70s now he's constantly learning and um I think the other thing about him if as I look back on it is he always had a really crystalline point of view about Uh, about things and always for better or for worse said what he meant and said what he believed and for me um, I didn't have that same passion I suppose for like pure entrepreneurship that he did probably a little more risk averse to be honest with you growing up in an environment where we literally didn't know how we were going to pay for stuff (laughs) from from one week to the next but um, but I really started to to have a, a passion for consumers and markets and what makes a product attractive what's what's that emotional connection and engagement all about and how can as i said before how can a company make someone's life more enjoyable and uh maybe better maybe easier what are the services that a company can provide that help people make it through their day help them be more productive in the case of being in the golf industry you know golf's not uh golf's not literally life and death but it's an important It's an important part of people's lives and how can Callaway play into that to make people's um, lives more their golf lives more enjoyable and hopefully be happier folks at home. So, you know, having that kind of responsibility or at least presenting that to the public and to our to our the fans of our brand that we take it, we take our job seriously to make their their golf lives better has been uh, has been really a lot of fun.
0: Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I never, I never thought of golf that way. And come on, Steve. I know. Well, you know, I'm not a golf player. I know. Um, someday I will be when I have time to get good at it. Um, could be. But, but I, but I can relate in other sports that with what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean
1: it's a great, it's a great family activity, especially and as a, as a parent of young kids, um, and I know you are as well there's so many things that I like to look for that can be enjoyed by everyone in you know for a, a decent amount of time my, my kids attention span is 10 or 15 minutes now it seems unless they're they have their nose planted in an ipad or something so looking for an opportunity to do something the family can do outdoors have fun a little bit of competitiveness to it takes a little bit of, a, of athletic ability is uh always something that we're looking to do yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's something that we should try. We'll try it in get the out family. There. Exactly. No well, I want to get back to the topic of our podcast, which is communication. So, and, and, and my background, as you know, is also marketing. And yeah. I really believe that successful marketing means that you're communicating your value to your audience. And I, I've seen you do some really creative things with the Callaway brand and i'd love to hear you it's such a competitive space and how do you ensure that the, that there's a a, neat, a unique and strong callaway message that's really getting across to your customers and and to that community that you're creating
1: yeah it's it's really the centerpiece of everything we do daily and i think going back to how we felt like we could we could really um, distinguish ourselves in a in a pretty competitive landscape in certainly our sport is we started to really dedicate ourselves to um to being a lot more multimedia in how we expressed marketing communications and and information about about ourselves and thinking a lot more about connecting and engaging on the platforms that um our consumers and fans of golf party were on meaning primarily social media digital media um thinking through the what we call kind of that curated learning um uh path where we're guiding them through and learning and connecting the brand in an authentic way across all the platforms that they're on and then sort of layering that over your typical uh your typical consumer purchase um funnel to make sure that the types of the types of information that we were putting out and engaging with consumers on was a type that they would want, depending on where they were in the in the life cycle of the product. So, pre-launch, um, obviously during product launch activities, and then even post-launch into kind of servicing our customers that already had bought our product in a in a fully rich multimedia environment has had us thinking a lot more broadly about marketing and communications beyond just trying to think about it in a purely commercial sense. And with that, we started to compare ourselves a lot more or be inspired a lot more by technology companies, um, service providers, as well as media companies, and started to think of ourselves more like a media company, a technology company, than we were purely a products company in order for us to have the type of Interactions that we felt were going to be a lot more meaningful to the to the consumer at the end of the day. And so, you know, today, if you look back, even in five years, we're we're creating more video content about our products as well as the experiences that our our fans are having with our products than any of our competition combined. And so, um, it's the, the I would describe that as if like ESPN had a golf company, the way that they would engage with fans of, of their products would not be just throwing out a, a print ad or, or, or doing a TV commercial. They would create these rich content experiences around their products and we try to do the same thing in, a, in a, obviously in a much smaller way.
0: So you're, you're more entrepreneurial and innovative and less risk averse than you thought, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to write that
0: down. <laughs> you I should write that point. down.
1: Yeah. No, it, it, so hard on myself.
0: important discovery. I found <laughs> out about you. You were wrong. You are just like your awesome dad. That's
1: yeah. Good.
0: Um, well, so, and I love it. I mean, and I've watched it, of course, I've paid attention because it's you. Um, but, yeah. and in some ways I'm not the, you know, maybe someday I'll be a buyer, but I'm more of a, of an observer of the tactics And I think what strikes me the most about it is that I feel like you guys are doing a great job of building and maintaining a longer term connection with your customers versus just trying to get to them when they're in a buying cycle, right? Um, So let's talk about that a little bit. And then I want to hone in on the video show you've created. But let's talk a little bit about that, that, because I think what you're doing by having all this multimedia and these innovative ways of really being a media company and and all of these other things is you've got longer term buy into your brand versus just, Oh, that's a cool new driver. I want to buy.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, we really tried to get away from transactional selling and transactional marketing. And you know, the math on that is at least in our sport is that customer acquisition is a lot more difficult and a lot more expensive, um, necessary, but it's also a lot easier for us to sell Extensions or adjacencies to existing fans, or selling new product r- releases to existing customers, than it is trying to gain other customers in, uh, especially in our category where there's a lot of brand loyalty to other to our competitors. And so, we found that in order for us, sir, thought that for another order for us to grow our business, we were going to have to really start to think more holistically about each and every. Callaway customer in an effort to think about how we could extend our brand, um, and uh, and you know those adjacencies that we could sort of leverage some of the loyalty that already existed in our brand, and um, and with that 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 meant that as I said we would have to be a lot less transactional about the product and pricing than we would have typically if we were trying to uh, if we were trying to gain new customers and. Um, you know the end. The end result to that is is we've had incredible growth over the last five years, going from third or fourth in market share, depending on the market, is we're number one in equipment in every market we compete in around the world. That's and, awesome. And you know, with the the underpinnings of that being um, being this strategy of, of trying to create rabid Callaway fans from our existing fan base rather than trying to steal them from other, other companies.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations on those results. It's, uh, it's been fun to watch. And one of the things I love to watch is your video show, um again I always knew you were going to do something like that and and it's as good as I would have ever anticipated. So tell me about the show. How did you get it off the ground? I want to know who was your favorite guest and I want to know who are you dying to have on the show?
1: <laughs> I like the business leader. So I I think the selfish part about the show is it's always people that I've wanted to meet and you know we um we started this the point of the show really is is to uh is to really show the world that golf is a is a very connecting sport and ironically it's a very open and democratic sport that it allows people from all different types of backgrounds to connect with with one another and we wanted to show the the that connection of callaway in kind of this freewheeling unscripted way and we wanted it to have to be live, we wanted it to be organic. And we wanted it to we wanted the, the consumer the fan of Callaway or just golf fans to be part of a fun, lively conversation um, between two people in this case, one of them's me enjoying each other's company and bonding over golf. And um, I'm a learner. So I, I get a lot out of uh, business leaders that are creating cultures and pushing innovation. And um, and trying to kind of change the, the categories that they're in, all of them have, you know, some connection to golf. But, um, my favorites have been people like David Novak, who's, has been a hero of mine for years mm-hmm. building, uh, you know, his brand building track record with, with young brands, but also because he has a people first philosophy and he's been a huge inspiration to me. And he was a phenomenal guest because, he really could talk a lot about how do you transform um, how do you transform an organization and a culture around this, the notion of, of recognition. And, uh, and Alan Mulally is another one that sticks out in my head who turned Ford around through a working together management system um, that I was subscribing to. Got to meet him through golf and, uh, and he came on. And you, know, you don't get to see these types of people in that kind of environment very often. Um, we also had matt ryan on this year how can i forget i
0: know i thought that was going to be your number one
1: Uh, he was right up there i mean what a what a great guy and you know obviously everybody knows how great an athlete matt ryan is Won the mvp last year um and but he was so down to earth and his whole philosophy is around teamwork and what he can do to make his teammates around him better Um, of course I'm a Falcons fan. So, so that part, that part was awesome.
0: Yeah. Cool. What about Steph Curry?
1: Love Steph Curry. Did you know that he was at our office last year?
0: Well, I feel like you told me he was going to be on your show and I kept waiting and waiting and I'm still waiting.
1: He came in, he's with, uh, Andre Iguodala and, um, it turned out they didn't have time to do the show, so they're going to come back. But again, you know, I, I get, same way I was talking about Callaway. I get, I get a lot of inspiration from, Things and people that are outside of our industry, because you know, here's here's Steph Curry, who's one of, if not the best player in the NBA, and he will never talk about himself. He's constantly talking about what are the things they're doing to create a culture with the Warriors and what his role is to make his teammates better, and that's really inspiring because he's also the most talented guy on the floor in most cases. Yeah. So, um, it's really. You know, that that whole philosophy is really something that's really inspiring. So when you
0: get Andre and Steph on your show, you need to let them know that we have a little dog. You probably know this, a little chihuahua named Steph Curry. But my other daughter, (laughs) my older daughter, wanted to name him (laughs) Iguadogala. So you can tell them
1: that on the show. That I'll tell them. Are I'm sure I princesses. wonder, I wonder how many dogs are named after
0: <laughs> Well, I don't, they're, they're, believe it or not, there is another dog on our street named Curry. Oh, uh, So yeah. yeah, they, they, they play with each other. Everywhere it's very cute. We're all, we're, we're nutty for all of them. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to since, and, and I, I, I think it's great that you like talking to the business leaders on your show. I want to go back to, to business a little bit yeah i remember this well you played center mid on the soccer field in college go emory
1: uh, go eagles. i don't know do we have like a, a thing you say to other emory eagles when you run into each other i don't think we
0: do like a sign or something yeah a handshake like
1: roll tide or anything like no, that No, we need
0: we to do? make one up i don't know sure. we got to make one up let yeah. we could help emory with their alum fan
1: base i feel like they need some help
0: i do too well, but maybe this podcast is a start. It could be. Uh, but you were you were pretty darn good playing center mid. I Thank you. I want to know how do you think playing such a central role on the pitch has translated to the business world for you?
1: I think it's everything. I mean, I don't I don't know. You're being modest too. You were one of the best players I ever saw play in person. Um, Thank you. That's legit. That's I'm not just saying that because that's your show. But I think. <laughs> I think that you and I had a lot of the same types of philosophy and, and soccer is a good sport for that because there's obviously a lot of individual work and individual talent that's required to be successful. But I was always a lot more of a team oriented guy. Um, And you could kind of hear the things that inspired me. I always wanted to help be a part of making the others around me better and being a part, a catalyst for, you know, the overall team, results and i always felt like a lot, i had a lot more fun when the team was doing well and when the success of the team was happening um and then the teammates around me kind of second and myself last i i never really was somebody that thought a whole lot about my own individual performance i was always thinking about it within the context of the team and my favorite moments were hanging out with the team you mentioned riding riding on buses um unfortunately in emory we weren't we weren't uh we weren't a big budget operation so we were we were spending a lot of time together riding on buses and hotels and and um those times with teammates were really the things i think about the most i can't even i don't know if you can i can't really even think about wins and losses that much from um part of that is because it was a little bit time ago but
0: uh just a couple of years
1: but i remember the people i played with vividly and I remember the interactions vividly and I remember just the collaboration and the environment being so crucial to um, my development at that time and thinking about uh, and thinking about team first. And that, that really has been the crux of how I would say I've evolved as a business leader as well as being always team first and value my values around collaboration and innovation being the centerpiece of of my own leadership journey all started kind of with the things that I was learning or being a part of um, years ago as part of, you know, part of a, of a team environment in sports. I don't know how you – I don't know. I'm sure you would probably have some of those kind of same kind yeah, of answers.
0: 100%. In fact, I wrote an article about how goalkeeping taught me everything I need to know <laughs> to be successful in business. And that – I mean, being on a team – you know needing to be the the vision for the team because of where my position was um dealing with wins and losses strategy discipline hard work you know there's the the personalities i agree with you 100% I,
1: especially at your position a goalkeeper too was you know no excuses you can there're no excuses for any error that you make is witnessed by everyone in the 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 ramifications of that are so extreme as a goalkeeper versus anywhere else on the field that you have to be dialed in to what everybody else around you is doing. Yeah. And um, and what a what a great what a great kind of lesson or starting place to be to be a leader or responsible for people around you.
0: Well, I I agree. I I think you could say a lot of the same about center mid right and and a big part of it is communication i mean when i see when i see goalies that are that think their job is just to prevent balls from going in the net like that is that is part of the job but the other part of the job is that you can see everything, and 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 to be able to direct and communicate to the team and help them understand where are threats, where are opportunities. Like that is a big part of, of the role. And I think the same is true when you play center mid.
1: Right, and when when to be encouraging and when to be firm. When yep. to when to you know give somebody uh, stronger stronger words. Or and here's the hardest part too. I think that i didn't learn until later but it's really part of every leadership how do you give how do you give unsolicited feedback (laughs) and something to people that sometimes feel it as criticism but how can you do it in a in the spirit of appreciating and um and giving kind of some some feedback on how to be more effective and that's that's any leader's job but definitely uh definitely a goalkeeper's job and sometimes the the guy who's standing in the middle of the field has has the 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 best the best view in the house on on what needs to happen and what what the team needs to do to to get better results
0: yeah agree well i have i have a tip for you i went through this uh training course called radical candor it was a leadership training course and there's a book on the topic also and it it was really it's a fabulous course about you know, the importance of delivering candid feedback and and the best ways to do it and also learning how to receive it. Um, Cause I I mean, I think we both agree that communication is just such a core and it's core as you're communicating with your community and your customers and your audience, but it's just as core internally to, to move the organization forward.
1: Well, for us here at Callaway, Internal communication is the the beginning of anything that we do that I would say is successful. And, you know, in specifically in the marketing and branding um, and communications area that we always begin our thought process about products or services or initiatives thinking about our internal audience at the very first. And if we, if we feel like if we can get buy-in and belief Internally, that's what creates that initial energy and momentum that ultimately translates into marketplace, um, performance. And, um, and that's, I think a lot of, a lot of companies and certainly a lot of brands don't start internally first and they really should because you, what you're trying to do again is inspire and engage the people that are the closest to the customer, which typically are, are the internal folks. And, um, you create that sort of dynamic, feedback loop early on in the process that ultimately helps you uh, perform a lot more downstream once the product gets launched or closer to launch. And so we always think of that internal audience first.
0: Yeah. Well, we agree. Communication is essential and that's why this podcast is called Essential. (laughs) Little known fact.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So we're going to come to the final fun little segment of our show. I have... Four questions for you, and I would like you to try to keep it to one-to-two-word answers, all right? Okay, am I, am I
1: going to be graded on this? You're going like to be graded.
0: On I will okay, be sending right, your grade.
1: Right, Report give cards me, uh, come radical, out Friday. Radical? Change. Yes,
0: I will give you radical candor on your responses. Okay, question number one, golf yes. or soccer?
1: Ooh, that's so hard. Um, I'm going to say play golf, watch soccer. So oh. I'd rather watch soccer, but I'd rather play golf. Especially now, because I don't get hurt playing golf anymore. Okay,
0: good. Uh, golf partner, Justin Timberlake or Steph Curry?
1: That's easy, Steph. All That's right. Gallagher, it's too. a little harder Steph.
0: for me, maybe. Easy yeah. for you. Uh, greatest athlete of all time?
1: <sighs> greatest athlete of all time. Uh, well, as I said before, the, it has to be you. And you're, the people listening will need to know this, that we talked a lot about soccer. I saw the CEO of Zinc, Stacey Epstein, make <laughs> the greatest flag football catch that has ever been made. And, and if, if any cameras were there, it would certainly be one of Sports Center's all-time top ten <laughs> plays. In traffic, diving catch in a key heated moment. But if it's not you, because I think you're probably talking <laughs> professional. Athletes. I was, I was,
0: but I will, I I will take and appreciate take the it. the honorable comment. So thank you, Harry.
1: Uh, I mm, best athlete of all time. I don't know. I I have a lot of recency bias, but I might have to go Tom Brady. As much as I hate to say that, but are we? I guess I got to ask a qualifying question. Are we talking just athletic ability, or are we talking about the total package of? making people around him or her better, and uh, performance. Well,
0: that's – I mean, that's all up to interpretation. But okay. I I think, you know, I say you went far to- beyond a one- to two-word answer. I, I will know, tell I you that candidly.
1: But how can you not pick Serena Williams or yeah. Roger Federer?
0: I like it. I like them or, both. Uh,
1: or LeBron or Michael Jordan. I mean, think about the last 20 years. Who we, this, is, this is probably my sports background. But think about what we have gotten to see um, – contemporaneously in the last 20 years our lifetime the athletes that we've had and just mentioned some Serena Roger Federer well you missed my you you missed my
0: husband's favorite Michael Jordan no No.
1: husband's favorite Derek Jeter Derek Jeter Mike Trout who's 26 years old 200 something runs already Messi Lionel Messi yeah there you go I mean it's uh I don't know I guess the lesson here is that societies and people progress and they get better and information technology makes every generation more performing than the one before it and
0: because you know
1: if we had this conversation with our parents they'd say oh well how do you leave out willie mays or leave out um you know uh kareem abdul jabbar or somebody but if you just look at the the folks that are playing the game right now at a high level what would happen if you stuck steph curry on the court if you if he had a time machine and you put him back in playing in nineteen sixty three, we talk dominate. about that all the time. All he would the dominate. time. Totally.
0: I I, it, it, and this question is going longer than we intended, but I will say I, I at a business dinner a month or so ago, I got into a very long heated discussion about the all the all time greatest NFL quarterback with the highest ethics.
1: Oh. <laughs> And it was, uh, it was, uh,
0: you know, it was like Tom Brady. But how can you say that? There's Deflategate, and like Aaron, you know, and but he's not nice to his family. Yeah. It's like, oh, please. Anyway, okay, we get a ha- bad breakup. Yeah, significant exactly. I, so,
1: so of course, you landed on uh, on Matt Ryan. I can't blame you.
0: Well, true. This is true. <laughs> um, okay, last question. Last one word answer question. Sabo or Rubish? <laughs> <laughs> That that one's only for our Emory Emory soccer fans. I got to go
1: with my man, Rubes. Of course, you do. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome.
0: Well, this was so fun. Um, Maybe we will actually catch up at another time because we're out of time today. But I loved having you on the show. I appreciate you giving us the time. And uh, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's good to catch up. Yeah.